Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I feel like if we, if we just were more inclined to accept other people's cultures, beliefs, identity, sexuality, gender, it is the beginning of equality that we, we don't need... Yeah, we fight for equality, but if you're more open-minded, you wouldn't need to fight for equality and diversity. It comes because people don't care who you are, what you are. So, yeah, that, that's a that's something that I'm really looking to explore. Hello, and welcome to The World As It Should Be, a podcast in which we ask our guests to tell us what they would change to help create their perfect world. By listening to what they'd like to change, we'll hear more about who they are, what they do, and what inspires them. This podcast is brought to you by the team behind Prima Donna, a uniquely anarchic and joyous festival of everything creative. My name is Shona Abianka and I'm a book publicist working with some of the most thought-provoking authors writing today. I'm Catherine Riley, a writer and director of the festival. We're delighted to be your guides on this podcast adventure. The world as it should be from Prima Donna. Angel Joseph is an artist, community worker and broadcaster. As presenter of BBC Suffolk's music introducing show, she is a pioneer of unsigned, undiscovered and under-the-radar music in Suffolk. She has also presented and hosted mixes on BBC Sounds for BBC Introducing, One Extra and Six Music. Alongside this, Angel works with youth and community groups in her local area and presents the Belongings show on BBC Radio Suffolk, which brings people together from different cultures and communities to share their love of music and talk about their work and ideas. This Christmas, Angel was on the airwaves as part of Radio One's Takeover, collating the best of 2021 introducing sessions from across all local shows. She's a rising star of radio, and we're delighted to say she's also a prima donna. Angel, welcome to the podcast. Hello, that was the greatest bio ever. I need to click that. <laughs> you, can that. you can have it. You can have it. It was all true. It was yeah. all true. So I, did, I never seen it laid out like that. It was great. It's Thank pretty you. cool. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, tell us about your boxing day when you were like, you know, on Radio 1. Honestly, it was it was incredible. It was life-changing. It was so fun. Um, and the feedback is, because is, you don't really think about it when you're doing it. But the feedback was like people enjoyed it. People said I sounded like comfortable. I should have been there. They couldn't believe I hadn't been there already. So it was like a really nice feeling um, and representing Suffolk as always. And I made sure to get that reflected in the show and the music I picked as well. So yeah, it was it was definitely up there as one of my favourite things ever. Yeah, ever, ever. Cool. How did it happen? Who contacted you? Uh, so basically, it's a scheme that they started a couple of years ago where anyone can apply it's basically just a website um where you upload a demo and you um write about yourself like that by that you just read over you kind of wrote loads of stuff and they managed to condense it into that beautiful like bio um and then you kind of choose what shows you'd be interested in covering and then I didn't hear back for ages and I was like oh like it's the second time I applied and I was like oh, I don't think I got it which is fine but I kind of laid, I had some other plans for Christmas and I was like, I'm just going to cancel everything just in case I get it. Who knows? I might get it. And then I quite like, maybe like November, I got a call and they were like, oh, you know, we just want to check a few things. And I was like, wait, what? Okay, so cool. cool. <laughs> and then I had to sit on it for ages because I wasn't allowed to tell anyone. So right. it was, um, yeah, it was it was pretty cool, um, like just hearing it and, and meeting all the other, there was 30 of us. So we finally like had a Zoom a couple of weeks ago and it was really, really nice to meet everyone and see how excited everyone was to like get to experience that because we'd never done 
like equally we'd never done it before so it was yeah it was really amazing how did you get into DJing? Oh, God. Um, so, I mean, I'm still fairly new, I guess. Um, I started, well, I used to, like, do youth club stuff when I was, like, younger. I used to do music and radio. Like, we'd do projects that are kind of paid for by children need and lottery and stuff. So I, I would, I'd always dabbled in creative projects, um, but I, I wasn't really specific on focusing on anything. And then more recently when I moved here, I was um, working in Sports Direct and I was also in a primary school and I went to this Feed the Homeless thing over like Christmas and some of the kids that I worked with were there and they were with their neighbour who was just this awesome, amazing woman who was like, the kids keep talking about you, come over to our table, I want to know everything about you. So I was like, oh, you know, I just finished my degree, I don't really know what to do, I'm a TA and I work Sports Direct and yeah, I used to do all this stuff Um but it's kind of maybe I want to like be a psychologist or a teacher. I don't really know. She's like, I just got some money to do um, a radio project for, for the kids. Like, you know, the, the ones that you're working with, why don't you come along? And I was like, Oh, I work on Saturday at Sports Direct. She's like, come on, just, just come down. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> so I took the day off and went down to the radio station to, to IO radio in Ipswich. And literally the rest is history. I started, we started this radio project with these kids, which is still going maybe five, six years on now. Um, it's inc- incredible kids, like amazing. But also there was a radio station that lacked a show that was what I liked, which was UK rap, grime, hip hop, Afro beats, like kind of black music in the UK. She was like, just do a show. I've like, oh, never done it before. I don't know. So I literally had a training um, session, which was you press play, you press eject, don't have <laughs> swear words, enjoy. And I kind of just just got cracking with that um, and started the Beats, Rhymes and Grime, a radio show and started getting in guests and, and just really started connecting with the with the local scene. Because I wasn't from here, so I, I literally had to start from scratch, like begging anybody do you know anyone that makes music? What what is it like in Ipswich? And, you know, you'd never believe that because now I I really do like wear it on my sleeve and I'm I'm so proud of the Suffolk music scene and people think of the scene and they're like, speak to Angel. And it's only five years ago, if you said that, it would have been like, I haven't got a clue that doesn't even exist. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's, it's been a journey, but it's, it's, it's happened so quickly. I'm not a teacher or a psychologist. I've managed to make it into a job, which is amazing. So yeah, I'm I'm really chuffed. It's brilliant that you got like somebody gave you that opportunity. Like what that one that one kind of interjection, you know, intervention is like just, just a launch pad for all all of oh, your- like literally it, ch- it changed my whole life. Like the friends yeah. I meet, like obviously they they do come from create paths now because I, I kind of I'm in that. Um, yeah, the friends I make, the jobs I get, the the places I go to, like going to festival. These are things that I wouldn't have tapped into here mm. because I'd moved here. I'd go home and go to London and do that, but it was it was. Really really nice to be able to do it here and now we work on a show together at BBC Radio Suffolk so it's all it's all worked out really beautifully that's amazing yeah absolutely what's been your kind of biggest um like pinch me moment I mean, it's definitely the, the Radio 1 show, but not many people know that I didn't actually get to record it at Radio 1 because of the pandemic. So I recorded it in Suffolk, which is probably why I sounded so comfortable and not nervous. Um, so that was that, you know, the, the traction of that was a pinch me moment, but mm. I still recorded it here. So it didn't feel, you know, I do an introducing show. It didn't feel too dissimilar to what I usually do. Um, I'd say when when Ed Sheeran reached out and, and asked for su- a support act for his Divide tour when he was coming back home to Ipswich, that was like 
something that was just never that was never on my radar from us oh my gosh that that was pretty cool like again knowing that trusting in in uh, in us and the brand um just was like I didn't realize the scope of how big it was and then how big it was for the artists I ended up like and because I was then going there again just like saying yes to stuff because I was going there my staff and my team at BBC Suffolk were like, oh, brilliant, because you're going to be there because we can't get loads of tickets. Can you do a Facebook Live um, reporting from the whole, like, the whole gig? And I was like, no, I've got, like, no, no, I don't do visual. Like, I just, it's just the radio bit. Like, I just interview people backstage. They're like, no, 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 you'll be really good. Just go for it. I literally just mic'd me up and went, right, we're going. <laughs> oh, God. And you I had to do, do visual, a 20 minute. No, no, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> After a 20 minute tour for the whole park around the stage backstage on stage didn't quite get to Ed Sheeran but that was just like I, I then got on stage and like looked across and there you know, it was 45,000 people and I was like this is crazy like I I, I can't even I, I kind of went like home and told my, my family they were like oh it's pretty cool I was like you don't even get the scope of this this is this is I was Come doing on. community radio to probably five people that cared this is crazy so yeah that, that was definitely a huge moment that's amazing that's a big step up from sports direct yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine you took that day off imagine yeah, exactly. i was like oh, i can't get the day off my zero hour contract <laughs> <laughs> honestly yeah changed my life changed my life yeah cool okay well let's move on to your um your, your three things for creating the world as it should be um should you want to talk us through your your first change yeah, so for the first one, I said everyone can have a comfortable home. Um, you know, we do a show called Belongings, myself and Cad, who I mentioned earlier. So when we have conversations with with migrant communities of refugees and, and young people that, that live here and are like looking for, for the next thing to do, that word belonging kind of always comes up and we make a joke of it, we're like, take a shot every time you hear someone say it, because it just <laughs> happens to be the name of the show and it just always is the underlying theme that people bring to the show without even connecting that the show is called belonging belongings um so i i feel like you know that it always links to home and place and i'm, I'm a massive like advocate for that because i live here and you know, i'm a i'm a guest here in suffolk and god they treated me so well you know as you mentioned earlier like being able to break through in an industry that i, I wasn't even I would just come to do my psychology and criminology degree. I had no idea that I, I could even do this bit and not have to move to London, actually come in the other way and being mm. able to, to do the stuff I've done is, is really about home. And when you feel, so, I, I remember I messaged my landlord the other day and I was like, honestly, like being able to give me a safe space where I can think like safely and I can cook and I can nurture like myself and embody what I want every day around me it's because I have a safe place to live. I've lived in some terrible places and, you know, cold places. And when you have that, you, it kind of changes everything around you. So I feel like, if, you know, if we can give everyone access to a safe space, what we think is comfortable might not be the same thing as someone else who's lived rough or slept sofa surfed or whatever. They just want that sofa, whatever it is. Mm. I, don't, I didn't want to say like a home for everybody because not everybody might want that might be a traveller mm. of this world, but to have a comfortable space where they can call home and they feel like they belong and they can uh, yeah, be safe. So that's, that's one of the amazing. things that I'd love to see that. Yeah. Um, tell us about where you live then. So at the moment I'm in Ipswich in Suffolk, um, which is, is sunny today, but um, usually, <laughs> you know, very cold, very windy. Um, but yeah, I'm originally from Slough and I moved here 
10 years ago, I was actually going to have a 10 year party and I got COVID, so I didn't get to do it. Oh, no. You're going to come, it's going to get, it's going to get moved to summer when no one, no one can get COVID in summer because we've all had it by then, hopefully. <laughs> or not. Yeah, there can't um, be many people left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. That's where I've, I've been here for 10 years and I, I remember the, like when I finished uni I was like I don't really know what to do I went back home mm. I went away for a little bit and I kind of just applied for loads of jobs in Slough and in Ipswich literally because I lived here for uni not because I loved it or anything I just thought well I was, I've just been there for three years and the you know I'm still here so I obviously still like it um yeah <laughs> did it feel like home when you moved here not at all I cried the first night I called my mum I was like I hate it here Aww. it's horrible I want to come home I I'll I'll I, to go to Brunel like I, I don't want to be here I don't want to live away from home um not because I liked home because Slough is I don't necessarily like have a lot of like crazy positive memories and be like I miss Slough you know I miss my home miss my family that I, I live in Ipswich on my own but I've built my own Ipswich family which to me are, are they're exactly the same level as the people that I'm related to by blood so you know it's 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 cool. Like I love the people here. I love the energy and I love the little pockets of stuff going on, which not a lot mm. of people know about. And that's why I like it so much. And that's why I make it my job to tell people and interview all these random people. So everyone can know that this stuff goes on. Cause you speak to someone from here and they're like, oh, I'm going to move to London. And you're like, no, no, don't go yet. Just do all this stuff first on the, on a, yeah. on a mini Suffolk bucket list. And then go <laughs> if you really want to. Yeah. What did your mum say when you heard, she heard you were so unhappy? That must've been really hard for her. Um, she, just get your uni done. She wasn't too interested in she it. Wasn't to like, she wasn't like, come home. She's like, just stay there, do your you work. Know, just, just, just get it done. Something. But um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was sad. You know, I, I struggled with the diversity um, at the beginning, mm. like a lot, because Slough is like super multicultural. That we grew up with loads of different people, different cultures, different religions, ethnicities, and then I kind of came here, and it was like completely different. But it's not. But the kind of perception you get when you, you move here, you live on the waterfront, you're with loads of students. They're all from London. Um, it was it was really hard to to belong. It, it took me a, a long time. But once I found those people that were like me, that were from the same backgrounds as me, it was like we we had so much fun. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of it was in me a little bit when I moved back without realizing that all those people have gone home as well. They're back in London, so it was it was a weird. When I came back, it was like a weird limbo of like, oh, I don't know anyone yeah. actually. Um, this is why did I do. This? What advice do you give to people? I mean, there are different people that you connect with who also have that sense of either not belonging or you know fitting in and trying to fit in or learning how to adapt to living somewhere else. Do you give tips on how to do it? Um, it's it's difficult because you know I obviously got massively lucky um, meeting meeting Cad at that event, but then that was also me putting myself out there um I did a lot to try and make friends I, I literally went to adult gymnastics because I was like <laughs> I want to get fit and I don't want to go to the gym so I'm just gonna get the bus like right out of town and go to this gymnastics center um, I don't do gym like I just I would just use it with the trampoline and just look at the other like, like wow oh it's time to go home <laughs> I don't even know this was a thing <laughs> that was not my thing <laughs> I'm really intrigued by this. <laughs> it's just, it was just a random moment. Do you have to wear a leotard? 
No, just for like <laughs> leggings. And that the is top. immediately where my mind went as well. Just a room full of adults in leotards doing forward rolls. I'm Dale saying, yeah, I go to gymnastics and actually she's standing watching people on the trampoline. <laughs> but the thing is, there was a lot of like guys there that were doing parkour. So actually, like, again, my perception of what it was going to be was right. very different because it was like these guys, like these teenagers practicing parkour and then I'd chat with them and then yeah we go every Saturday you know and jump around buildings I was like that's so cool again didn't that know people cool. did that here so it was it was a lot I was putting in a lot of work to make friends and I started to play football again because I played as a kid and I, I played for Ipswich Athletic I played for Copleston ladies for a little bit like I was just literally anything to make friends and then started to do volunteering which led me to um doing this feed in the homeless um, for for Christmas. And that's where I met CAD. So I, I really believe that, that that energy I was kind of putting out there was was opening more doors and, and just bringing something back that you kind of, if I just stayed indoors, I would have never, would no. I? I don't know, who knows? But, but I, I would just constantly put myself out there. And not only did I find someone who was like me because I was looking for friends I, I've, I found like she's my soul sister like honestly I couldn't have found someone who's more like intertwined and exactly like what I like what I do just the same we just have the same brain we finish like we finish each other's sentences we're a nightmare to be around if anyone else is with us too because we're just like blah, 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 bouncing off each other but it's exactly what I needed and you know my sisters are in Slough so to, to have a another like adopted Ipswich one brilliant can't complain. Yeah, that's cool. Is there anything, is there any item that you, that belongs to you that like you have to have that makes you feel like you're at home? Like whenever you moved out, like I, you know, we've all had that kind of period in our lives where we move loads. Mm -hmm. um, is there one thing that you have that kind of, you, you set it up in your house and you're like, right, I'm home. This is it. This is where I'm, where I am settling for a bit. I, th I think not in my house because I feel like when I moved, I wanted to make, I, I, I never really invited people around my house when I was younger. Like, I just always like, no, nah, I'll come to your house. And I kind of still a bit, I'm a bit like that. I'm, I'm kind of quite private in my house. Um, so when I moved, I was like, I don't want my house to be like that. I want it to be a little bit more warmer, a, a, li a little bit more friendly. But then even, but then I said that and then I'm, I kind of reflect and go, actually, I don't really invite that many people. You still haven't invited anyone. I don't have people around. And I recently decorated. I was like, you guys can come around now after like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> They're scared. You're talking about home and belonging. I don't even <laughs> invite anyone in. <laughs> Angela, is your house a tip? Is it's that, what, that what's happening? It's tip. No, it's, it's not anymore. It, it gets like that. Um, but, but one thing which is really important for me is that sense of slough. And I worked um, at a private primary school which was near Norwich Road which is one of the most, most diverse roads in Suffolk um, and diverse areas it's, it's got Roma community Kurdish community Muslim community Portuguese loads of Portuguese cafes Turkish restaurants Turkish barbers you name it is there African food store hair shops black hair shops loads of wedding dress shops I don't know about that one um <laughs> <laughs> but that I had to be closer to that road and I've moved twice in the same area I just have to be near that because when I step outside for some people you know we get texts in when we do the show and we talk about you know the, the diversity on that street and how amazing it is people are like we don't like going there it's unsafe it, we don't feel yeah. safe but for me wow. the noise the buzz the different languages walking past me that's what makes me feel more safe and that gives me the like yeah. that slough that's me bringing a bit of slough with me and if I go outside I, oh, God, I'm not in the countryside I'm I'm 
still, I can go to the beach 20 minutes that way, but I can also just tap in here and get some Nigerian spices to make some food. Like it's, it's there. It's yeah, massively important for me. It's cool. Somebody, somebody was giving me the hard push, the hip, hip switch. That's what she was saying. She was like, <laughs> you, should, you should come up here. You should, you should move here. I reckon the, that's Helen Oldfield. The- it was Helen Oldfield. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly who it was. She's trying to rebrand. That is incredible, <laughs> are, right? Yeah, yeah that's guess. brilliant. Yes, that. oh my god, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to your second change. Um, do you want to talk us through that one? Yes. Yeah, so my change would be to to have more open space. Um, you know, coming from a really built up area and then now living in a space where there's like countryside there's like countryside it's so crazy there's so much grass and like clear sky and you can see the stars and and you know we have the beach and we have just beautiful meadows and I can't believe um growing up we don't go to like on school trips to the beach more and to to forests more um it wasn't a thing that I even thought I cared about but it's actually changed my life and, and it's been a massive part of me staying in Suffolk and, and make, trying to get my family to visit more often because we don't, they don't go to the beach. They don't go on trips to the beach or to the woods or, you know, go to the park and stuff, but for the equipment, not for the walks, for the air and the grass and things. So I just believe like in access to that, you know, live people living in, especially in the pandemic when you saw people yeah. like go in the garden and go and breathe and go, not everybody has a garden. Like people live in flats and they have communal gardens or they don't have gardens. Um, so yeah, uh, it'd be amazing to, to for people to access uh, parks and open spaces and, and feel comfortable doing so. Yeah how how do you how do you use open space for your kind of health health and well being? Do you are you a runner or do you do any? Tai Chi. Come on, are you, I told you about <laughs> the adult gymnastics. I told you it didn't quite work out for me. It's not, it's not a bit of me. It's not a bit of me. Um, no, I, I. When I feel terrible, I go to the beach. Like I just, I just drive right, up there yeah. and I just walk or just sit or I take my notepad and I just like visualize swimming because I'm not going to go in. <laughs> no, I just visualize <laughs> like why I'm feeling a certain way and and what the, this this sound can do to help me um it's a massive during, yes, the, massive during lockdown was that helpful because I think water is very good um, we weren't allowed to go out at some point so no I was going to the Not park the beach. but then go. when we were allowed they, they were there was like a point where like people were stopping people at the beach and if you weren't from that area they were sending you home it was quite oh, intense yeah. um yeah. but yeah as soon as as soon as it was like sunny and we were allowed to I think it was like quite late into the summer but yeah going going to the beach and just chilling there and going with friends and stuff and um yeah I, I well I recently started like swimming a little bit at the gym I did sign up um at the end of summer so I'm gonna you're not standing on the edge of the pool watching I'm people not, and I'm not just <laughs> stalking people now I'm, I'm really trying to you know do some running <laughs> Not we're not sp- checking up on you you don't have to sorry this sounds like, no, honestly I do use open space you can do what you want you're also the beach is like it makes me so jealous this is the thing that would drive me to hip switch it's like yes. a bit of beach mm. life yeah it's, it, honestly it's, it's incredible and our clo- my closest one is like the one that people don't even like use to like that's not the one where people are like if you want to come here you should go to the beach like that's just our close one we just see it as a park like people mm. that live here but for me I'm like I'll, I'll just go there like that I'm happy with that but there are so many other beautiful ones if you just want to travel a little bit further and it's so nice but then 
it's it's cool because it's still an hour and what a couple minutes to Liverpool Street. So I feel like when yeah. I when I go to London and and I'm like what busy weekend I can come back and the first thing I'm going to do is is usually go to the beach and just chill there for so, a bit. Do you take your head? Do you listen to new music on the beach? Is or, or like outside? Do you use open space for that, or do you do you need quiet? I haven't. I haven't ever done that actually. Um, right. But that's something I will. I will. I'm going to do that, and I'll let you know how it goes. But <laughs> um, I like to. Yeah, I like to podcast. Um, to listen to podcasts, and and I, I like to listen to new music, but not like new local music, just because of the way you download it. It's just a little bit more faff. But I like right. to have a chill playlist that I have of new music, and I'll just walk up and down the beach um and I found some new ones as well like recently which has been fun to like explore but yeah it's just for me it's it's the the taken just like aside from where you're from or, or what language you speak to to be able to come there and, and enjoy it I think it's just beautiful my mum came and visited which she never does I was about to ask you if your family had been oh god they never it's a nightmare trying to get them here they don't they don't <laughs> ever bloody come but my mum did come she came with her friend it was like a trip for like women and families um, and they came on a coach and she her and her like friend came and me and Cad Cad's got a van so she brought van and a kettle and put the sofa in there and really kitted it out and Again, just making it really fun and a really it was freezing, but my mum was walking up and down and she was just in awe of it and I was like, It's nice, isn't it? It's fresh. Really air. Cool. Um yeah. because yeah, just her face like I don't because when she called me, she, I'm going to uh, Frinton and I was like, Oh, it's around the corner, I'll come meet you. She just thought she was just telling me that she was going to like beach and I'd be jealous because like <laughs> I might like be wanting to come and I was like, Yeah, it's not far. She couldn't believe that I got there as quick as I did. Um and yeah, she she really enjoyed it, and hopefully she can come back soon. Cool. What's your favourite place to like get away from it all? You can't say you can't say Ipswich. Well, yeah, you can't, no, say, you can. you can't say you your can. bedroom either. But oh. do you have like a, another destination that's like your dream? You know, getting away from it place. I mean, if it's going to be another country, it's a bit of Thailand for me. It's a bit Good of Thailand. Um, I was I I really wanted to go. That was the one, that was the place I was going to go over the Christmas. Because in 2019, I was like, I just had a crazy, like, experience over the Christmas period. And I was like, you know what? I'm never spending Christmas here again in the UK. I'm just, I'm just, it's just, this just not for me. I don't really celebrate Christmas like that. So I'm just going to not indulge and be part of it. So that was my plan. And then the pandemic hit. And then by 2021, we were, like, more able to travel, right? So I was like, yeah, like, that's that's what I'm going to do. And I met someone who lived there. And I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect because I actually want to come. And then I applied for that job. And I was like, I'm not going to book the ticket. I've got this. Damn, yeah. I can go next year. So I'm I'm hoping to go at some point again because I think I'm I'm desperate for it. I just haven't – I haven't really stopped working since the pandemic. You know, yeah, yeah, two weeks off a minute ago, but it doesn't feel like it now. So I, I feel like I'm knackered. Um, mm, and yeah. that is truly the one place I can turn my phone off properly yeah. and enjoy it. It's just, it's just so beautiful there. I've been there a couple yeah. times, many times. Thailand is a good choice. It's so yeah, beautiful, really right? My big thing is that for my 30th, all my friends are going to come with because I've been there so many times on my own with one friend, with family. I'm going to go, I'm going to have my 30th birthday there, which is coming up. Amazing. So um, I'm, I'm <laughs> hoping that this time, the next time I go there, everyone gets to come with me. Which is, yeah, which is brilliant fun. idea. So cool. yeah. Excellent. That's, that's a change we should all get behind. Um, okay, should we move on to your third one? Do you want to talk us through that one? So my third thing um, for change was a more open-minded world. Um, this this kind of stems from the different, like, 
growing up, the different backgrounds of people that I met. Um, I actually grew up in a in a Muslim family. My mum converted when I was about nine years old. Um, so there was like an influx of like new people, new energy, new ideas. I went to a Catholic school, so I was like, I was like confused. Like Saturday, Sunday would not be these kind of people, and we don't go to church anymore. But I took my Holy Communion. It was very confusing. Um, and then just growing up on the council estate where we did, it was just like a bunch of different people. But then. But then I went to a grammar school. Like my mum was really like keen on our education because when she came, she came to England from Antigua. She was like school, like hopping, and she's there's loads of gaps in her education. And she was like really keen. If there's anything we do, it's me and my two sisters were to to, to in her eyes get a good education, which meant go to a grammar mm-hmm. school because that was just how she got to that conclusion. Mm. So. I'd go there and like I'd walk to school and people would would go would come past on their buses and and like a genuine a genuine excuse for being late was it was pretty normal in my school was that your electric gate wouldn't open it was like a genuine <laughs> thing and it it just blew my mind I was like I can't believe I go to school with people like this like this is crazy uh, what <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I'm late because like couldn't find my shit. Like whatever excuse I use, <laughs> no one cared. But that was a genuine excuse. And for me, I really feel like meeting so many different people at such a young age and not really knowing what what there's they built in the story of who I am has made like being an interviewer and being interested in all these different people that I interview. I don't just interview them; I really care about them, and I and I, yeah. I feel like I can. I can cater to the question and the answer that I want because I've had to speak to the, yeah. these different people before in my life. And, my, you know, my family are from Antigua, half of them, the other Nigerian. It's just, it's just a massive mix up yeah. of people. But within all those people, like all those different personalities, is this closed-mindedness of, well, I'm doing this thing and it's right, so I don't believe in that thing. And and then you, you kind of go to the next person and they don't believe in this. And it, it, it gets quite toxic and I feel like breaking out of that and, and moving to Ipswich really made me see that because you, you meet all these people at uni and you're kind of trying to find your identity and someone's saying, well, you're Nigerian, your dad's Nigerian, but, but I don't really know him, so I'm not. And mm. it's constantly explaining and, and trying to work out who I am and my identity was was a crucial part of the who I found was important for me to, to as an adult to, to leave behind who mm. I thought I was because all those people who had been around me. And now I'm at this stage where I laugh. I really think I know who I am. When I go back and speak to those people, they're, they're still in the exact same position of, of being quite close-minded. And it, it's scary because they're, they're kind of conclusion at the end of the world. That's just what I believe. Yeah, but that's from a thing, from a text. That's 100, from, I don't know, 700 years ago or 2,000 years ago, you know. How do we how do we explore how we can be open to everybody um, without using a reason to not include them in your idea of a perfect person just because someone else has told you to? It actually creates more division, and I feel like if we if we just were more inclined to accept other people's cultures, beliefs, identity, sexuality, gender, it is the beginning of equality. That we we don't need. Yeah, we fight for equality, but if you're more open-minded, you wouldn't need to fight for equality and diversity. It comes because people mm. don't care who you are, what you are. So, yeah, that, that's a that's something that I'm really looking to explore this year is how do we, how do you help someone build open-mindedness and um, and, cr- and critical thinking? Like, what, what mm. does that mean mm. for an adult that's so set in their ways that they 
they don't want to change because that's just what I've believed for yeah. many years. And what do you feel are some reasons why people are not willing to open their minds or learn or appreciate other cultures? I mean, do you think part of it is fear? Yes, definitely fear of the unknown, um, not asking questions. Some people have been conditioned to not ask questions. And, you know, when, when you... You don't. When you don't ask questions, you, you don't have answers. And if you teach that to your offspring and offspring, is there's just like a generation of, of people that have never asked questions, so have just continued to what their pre the predecessor has, has taught them. And um, so it, and it's not healthy for the world. You know, the world is changing so much. If you can't keep up, you, someone someone might be worrying about the metaverse being a thing. And like we don't even know about that. There's there's like way more other things we need to worry about. But because no one's really? asked the questions, they're they're not worried about I don't know the food they eat or or, or not getting fresh air or whatever. Because they're like the big thing over here. Because someone has said the world is going to be like this, and and we're going to be in a metaverse. That's what there's this thing of they they want this thing to mm. happen. Who is they? Who has told mm. you that th- this person wants they you know them to do something? So uh, uh, yeah, it comes from the fear. It comes from you know. I guess old school like religious indoctrinations and not questioning it I don't have a problem with people being religious and and believing in it but it's not questioning when you're not sure of something or if something doesn't make sense if you've never questioned it if I come and ask oh why do you believe that and you go I don't just believe then Mm. you're not creating there's no dialogue the conversation has ended there um and and just old school like traditions again just not changing just that that was how my mum did it get a job go to uni get a get a husband go to go to uh, buy a house done but what if i don't yeah. there's, a, there's a there's a move there that i want to skip mm, well yeah. that's just how it works for us nan i'm sorry that the houses are not seventeen thousand pound anymore i can't afford it <laughs> i'm yeah, a right. now they, they, they can do however radio however many radio one shows i want if i haven't bought a house yet this your cousin has <laughs> okay they, yeah. they hate their job though and they're in a nine to five I, I, like i'm happy and yeah. that should be okay right so yeah just just um imagine that people just were like cool go for it good luck i've got your back game changer so your yeah your open-mindedness is like the kind of the key to some of your success isn't it because mm. you're you know, you're you're looking at new talent all the time, really, mm-hmm. and looking out for new talent all the time. And as you just said, you kind of have to be curious when you're interviewing people because that's when you get the most interesting kind of stuff out of them. Definitely, um, exactly. That. And, and also, like, the music. Like, I started off doing a hip-hop and grime show, and it could have been so easy to box a black woman as a hip-hop DJ. Could have easily done yeah. that. And by g- giving me that chance to, um, to explore an inbox, which was full of heavy metal, indie rock, blues, anything, punk. God, I love it. And, and actually, so I, was in a, cool. I was in a band like in school because I used to love playing the drums and this guy was like, oh, we need a drummer. And I was like, fine. And we do like Jimi Hendrix covers. But if, if, he, if he didn't get me to do the thing in the future, I'm never going to share that story because it wouldn't be part of my journey anymore. But by, and I made a funny TikTok when, um, when I did the Radio 1 show and it was, like, it was a Cher- Cheryl Cole interview where she was like, People don't know that I, um, they think I like R&B, but I actually love mm. indie music. And I, I made a joke of it because everyone's like, you should be on one extra. So why can't I black? <laughs> like, I like yeah, other really. music. Yeah. Like, I do listen to indie music. You know, I I, I, I saw Sleaford Mods. I think they're brilliant. So, mm. but I don't need to prove that to anyone. The proof is in the pudding. And, you know, that that for me is like, yeah, that's the open-mindedness. That, that's the being in a band because I'm, perhaps because I went to that school and there was all white people and they all listened. They didn't listen to R&B at all. They they loved pop 
indie, you know, dip, rock and, and different stuff like that. And if I was in the school that all my friend went to, we were all rapping. I'd go home and rap, but at school I was like, nah, that's embarrassing. I'm not going to rap at school. That's <laughs> well embarrassing. But I'd go to that the youth club and we'd go to the studio and we'd rap. So definitely. Like, cool. I had no choice but to be open-minded. Yeah. Do you still play drums? No. I, I, I picked up bass a couple of years ago. I got it for Christmas um, and I, I was playing really like heavily in the lockdown one. And then I started DJing. I learned how to DJ over lo- like the summer and lockdown too. So got a couple of gigs and I've been DJing now. I just whatever Amazing. whatever goes. I'm just up for anything to be honest. <laughs> That's good. You've got to come to one of your gigs. It sounds so good. Yeah, I need to. I need to book more. I'll come DJ at the festival. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're curating a whole stage at the festival, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, you know, again, like doing stuff like. Like seeing opportunities to to push people more, I, I started yeah. up because I was interviewing guys a lot because I was it's a hip hop show, so there's loads of rappers. I was like, I'm not interviewing any women, so that was kind of when I opened up the genres of the show and, and interviewed some women songwriters, and then also started rapping again, so I could play music of, of of a woman that raps from Suffolk, and then I started putting on gigs just for women. So it's called Girls Do Music, and it was just about the uh, the youth. I've never spoken about the youth work, but. I was doing this girls group and they're all so talented and one of the, I asked them like how come you're not doing gigs and they were like we just don't want boys to be there I was like fair enough let's make this so I, I just started this promotion company of putting on the girls and kind of used it as my first ever gig I put myself on the you know I believed I was headline slot but I put myself <laughs> at the bottom as opener and, and let the girls perform and then got a headliner and then did a couple of um gigs under that um promotion company girls do music and that's so cool. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So the girls didn't want boys there because they didn't. They felt embarrassed that the boys would take the piss out of them. Yeah, yeah. And we, we, I'd, I'd, right. I'd run a, a media youth group. Essentially, they were like a music group band, and um, there it was really popular. But the girls would come and sit and kind of watch the boys record, and we were like, "What can we do to get you to do your own stuff? Because you, you've yeah. clearly got an eye for it and an ear for it and a talent." So we did the girls group, and then and we said, "Okay, let's do." gig together and they were like oh we don't really want to and then we did it and it was incredible and then the girls did their own one just the Christmas before the pandemic and it was so full in the room I'd never seen so many young people in one space and they'd all come to Aww. support the girls and it was yeah it was amazing it was amazing that's amazing I can't Aww. wait to do it again yeah I bet well, that's actually, actually, well that... to be fair we, we we progressed it I forgot so much happens in one year we progressed it and I collaborated with Future Females Society which I, I work right. with and run the girls group through and we did a FFS fest um, which I run it with the name and it was platforming all girls and uh, yeah it was incredible like from the girls from that had just written one song and one to perform to local talent that been killing it really brilliant amazing um that's a brilliant brilliant place to end the podcast actually yeah. what, what what are your plans what's coming up for you I guess at the moment it's I've, I've been I'm really focused this year on looking after myself um because I've, I've been really busy recently mm-hmm. and I didn't look after myself last winter and I, I crashed so bad and was in a terrible place so this year's about you know trying to stay in the gym and and focus on you know myself my, more time with my family um, and my friends and inviting people over I haven't done it yet yeah so. yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> we're coming around your house yeah after 10 years you know <laughs> cooking and and I've painted and I've, I've been trying to like a bit of self-improvement and and um saving better and, and things like that so at the moment I haven't booked any 
I still haven't booked any going out, but I've got one um, at John Peel Centre, BBC Introducing Good, because we still haven't had any guests in the studio since March 2020. So I'm really trying to continue supporting the live music scene so we can record them and play them on the show. Yeah. Can't do it in the building, so just do it as a gig. So I've got that coming up. I'm trying to organise another Sorry, what date, what date is that at the John Peel Centre? Yeah, so 29th of January, and it's, it's £5, but two for one. If you use the code, you can find it on the website. You know, just encouraging people to support grassroots venues mm-hmm. as well as new talent and we've got this going to be amazing um i'm trying to organize another one just got to confirm a few other things so look out for that um and then yeah that's just work personally i'm just chilling at the moment I mean, it'll be good to do some dj stuff soon um but yeah at the moment it's all just work 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 and we'll, we'll see you at prima donna at the end of july Pre- yeah well festivals yes is a big big one i'm excited for yeah. latitude hopefully we get to pick artists again made a massive yeah. leap last year and said look we were recording the show from um behind one of the stages it was near all the portaloos and i was like made a massive leap and i emailed them and went oh, i just think that it could be somewhere else it's just you know, we 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 we, we we email these artists and say, great, we're going to record you for radio. We do a live radio show and they bring all their family. We go, sorry, only the person can come in. And then mm. it should just and be... behind the toilets. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. in the end, they, they put us in a... Um, we were in the listening post, which is the podcast tent where Radio 4 were. And um, I managed to do the show live. There was about seven people watching, but it's the beginning. So I'm hoping yeah, that, you know, that grows um, this year. And I get to take some kids to Latitude for their first ever performance, I took them to Latitude as well. Like, we went really big, so I'm excited to nurture the, those two and, and take them on another journey this year, as well as hopefully bring That's more cool. people, more kids to Latitude to perform. Brilliant. Brilliant. Good luck with it all. And, yeah, Thank me you. and you, Shona, road trip to Hipswich. Please, no, please, literally, please come. I'll invite you out. <laughs> Brilliant. We're back we'll on gymnastics. it. I'm going to bring my leotard. <laughs> Thank you so much, Angel. Take care. Thank you. Take care. world as it should be from prima donna the world as it should be from prima donna